0: Not every church has a choir and church musicians that can pull something like that off, and we do. So I I really, really appreciate that. Um, I want to invite you to turn with me. Oh, no, I almost forgot something. I'm excited about the new summer sermon series that I'm going to to be doing this summer. Uh, It's called A Rock and Roll Summer. And um, the month of July is going to be special for uh, anybody who is a fan of... The Beatles. Can you show that clip for me, Matthew? Tell by the looks on some of y'all's faces that was bringing some memories back. All right, but um, this is going to be something fun to do this summer, and it's a great opportunity for you to invite some of your friends. If you know somebody that's a big Beatles fan and maybe they don't have a church home, say, "Look, you're not going to believe it, but we're going to be doing Beatles in the month of July, so you got to come and go to church with me." I hope you'll take this as an opportunity to invite somebody to church with you, and I hope that you'll have fun with it. Now, if you if you want to, uh, in the in the Celebration service. The praise band is all excited about this, and they're actually going to be dressing up like the Beatles and playing some of these songs. So it might be worth your while just to just to check them out. I didn't want to ask the choir to do that. the <laughs> I don't know. It'll be fun. Second uh, Kings chapter two, verses one through two, and then verses six through fourteen is our scripture today. Now, when the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven by a whirlwind. Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here, for the Lord has sent me as far as Bethel. But Elisha said, As the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. Um, Then picking up at verse 6, Then Elijah said to him, Stay here, for the Lord has sent me to the Jordan. But he said, As the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. Fifty men from the company of prophets also went and stood at some distance from them, as they were both going and standing by the Jordan. Then Elijah took his mantle and rolled it up and struck the water. The water was parted to one side and to the other until the two of them crossed on dry ground. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, Tell me what I may do for you before I am taken from you. Elisha said, Please let me inherit a double share of your spirit. He responded, you have asked a hard thing. Yet if you see me as I am being taken from you, it will be granted to you. If not, it will not. As they continued walking and talking, a chariot of fire and horses of fire separated the two of them. And Elijah ascended in a whirlwind into heaven. Elisha kept walking, crying out, watching and crying out, Father, Father, the chariots of Israel and his horsemen. But when he could no longer see him, he grasped his own clothes and tore them in pieces. He picked up the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and went back and stood on the bank of the Jordan. He took the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and struck the water, saying, Where is the Lord, the God of Elijah? When he had struck the water, the water was parted to the one side and to the other, and Elisha went over the word of God for the people of God thanks be to God. There's an old African proverb about a herd of elephants that's journeying along and they come to a river with a swift moving current. And the big elephants didn't have any problem just wandering, uh, wading right on into the water and crossing over that river. Uh, But about halfway through, one of the older elephants looked over his shoulder and saw that the young elephants were afraid to step into the fast moving water. And he called out, brother leader, Uh, Our young elephants are afraid to to step into the river, and Brother Leader and the other elephants that had already made it across the river just simply turned around, waded back into the river, and the big elephants stood shoulder to shoulder all the way across the river, and with their trunks, one by one, they helped the younger elephants to get across the river safely. I just wonder sometimes if we might forget to look over our shoulders And to realize that someone is walking behind us in our footsteps. And I wonder if sometimes we forget that we are walking in somebody else's footsteps that has gone on before us. These two relationships, the relationships with the one who are walking before us and the ones who are coming behind us, are both indispensable relationships. And that's what I want us to think about today. Those two indispensable relationships. If you have... uh, If you're an outline person and you want to follow along the outline in your newsletter, you'll find an outline and also the fill-in answers in your newsletter today. Uh, The first thing is this, every Elisha needs an Elijah. Just like the young elephants needed the older ones to help them get across the river, we need people who are ahead of us on our journey to help us and to coach us and to mentor us. That was what was happening in the life of Elisha. Uh, Elisha is an interesting character in the Bible. You can read his story back in 1 Kings chapter 19. One day he was he was uh, his family were farmers, they were wealthy farmers and and one day he was out plowing with a yoke of oxen and just out of nowhere comes this guy with long matted hair and a long matted beard and he was kind of dressed funny. He had a a tunic made of animal hair and a leather belt around his waist and a mantle around his neck and he came up to Elisha and without saying a word, he put his mantle on Elisha. Now that sounds strange to us, doesn't it? But for him, he knew exactly what he was being invited to do. Uh, he was being invited to come and to be the apprentice of the great prophet Elijah. We would say that in biblical terms in terms we would call it the call. He received the call. Just like Moses when he was minding his own business, taking care of the sheep and he saw that bush that was on fire but not burning up. And he had God call to him out of that fire. And just like Peter and Andrew when they were minding their own business, casting their nets and doing the the thing that every fisherman does. And then Jesus walked along the shore and he said, follow me and I'll make you fish for people. It was the call. Now, Moses said yes to the call. He, he argued with God a little bit, but he finally said yes, and he left his old life behind. He left those sheep behind, and he went and did what God called him to do. And Peter and Andrew and James and John left their fishing business behind, and they started following Jesus. Now, Elisha, how is he going to answer the call? He answers it the same way. He, he actually kills his team of oxen that he'd been plowing with, and he takes the equipment, and he makes a fire, and he has a big barbecue. Okay, and all this is to symbolize that he's leaving his old life behind and his new life is going to be an apprentice to the prophet of Israel, Elijah. He's going to leave everything behind and follow his mentor and his coach. Um, We all need an Elijah in our lives. We all need somebody to coach us and to mentor us. Now, here's what a great mentor does. A mentor helps you to remember the past. Uh, That's what Elijah did for Elisha. He took him around to several places on the journey that were important in Israel's history. He took him him to Gilgal uh, in verse 1, you see. Gilgal was a place where the Israelites had camped right after they first crossed into the Promised Land and crossed over the Jordan River. It was there at Gilgal where this new generation made their promise to follow God, and, and it's a place of new beginnings. So it's important for us, isn't it, to remember that when we need a new beginning, that God offers us a new beginning. And then he went from there to Bethel, and that was about 15 miles away. Bethel was the place, you remember, where Abraham worshipped. But then the most famous thing we remember about Bethel was, was Jacob. When he, he laid down there for, uh, to, to go to camp out, and to, when he went to sleep, he had the dream of the ladder going up into heaven. And the angels going up and down on that ladder... And when he woke up, he said, this place is none other than the house of God. And that's what Bethel means. It means the house of God. So it's important not only to remember to, that that God offers new beginnings, but it's important to remember to take time out into worship like we're doing right now and experience the presence of God just like Abraham and Jacob did at Bethel. We take our mind off of ourselves and turn our attention to God, and you can worship anywhere in this beautiful sanctuary or Or out in the middle of nowhere in Bethel or wherever you are, you can worship. And then Elijah took uh, Elisha to Jericho, about another 15-mile trip. And this is the place where Joshua won won his great victory by by marching around the walls of Jericho and blowing the trumpet, and the walls came tumbling down. (laughs) But Jericho was also a place of defeat because Achan and his tribe uh, took some Some spoils of war that they were not supposed to have, that God said not to take. And because of their disobedience, uh, Israel's armies lost were defeated in a great battle against Ai. So we have to learn when we look at the past. We have to learn how to deal with victory and we have to learn how to deal with defeat. And a good mentor teaches us that. And then finally they went to the Jordan River. Man, how important is the Jordan River for Israel's history we know that that the Lord opened up the Jordan River for the for the uh, Israelites to go across into the Promised Land, and a mentor reminds you of the great things that God has done and the great things that God will continue to do. So a mentor helps you remember the past, and a mentor tests you in the present. Uh, while Elijah was talking, uh, with taking Elisha all around these great historical places, uh, everywhere. Everywhere they would go, every stop at Gilgal and at Bethel, he would say, Now, Elisha, this is a pretty good place. Why don't you just stay here? I've got to go on, but why don't you just stay here? And every time he tested him that way, uh, Elisha would say, No way. No way. As surely as the Lord lives and surely as you live, I am not going to leave you. But he tested him every time. And each time Elisha passed the test, it kind of reminds me of an old movie, really, did any of y'all remember that movie, uh, Officer and a Gentleman? Did any of y'all see that movie a long time ago? Um, but Richard Gere's character, Mayo, uh, was in boot camp, right? And he was really, really being put through the ringer, which is what they do for you at boot camp. Uh, but his drill sergeant, played by Louis Gossett Jr., I remember one one scene, he was having to do push-ups down in the mud, and and while the time he was doing push-ups, his drill sergeant was just calling him every name in the book and just being so awful to him. And on his 100th push-up, he had to go his face all the way down in the water, and Lewis Gossett Jr. squatted down beside him, and he said, You ready to quit, Mayo? And he said, No, sir. Uh, But it was a test, you see. It was a test. It's what a good mentor and a good teacher and a good coach does. They push you not to be mean to you, but to test you, to see what you're made of. Jesus did that with his own disciples, his own followers. Sometimes we forget that not only the 12 followed Jesus, but uh, crowds followed him sometimes. They just kind of wanted to see what happened next. And one time this crowd of people was following Jesus, and Jesus turned around in John chapter 6, and he, he told them, he said, I'm the bread of life come down from heaven. Anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood will have eternal life. And they thought, this guy is nuts. And they all turned around and left. And then Jesus said to to the twelve, he said, do you wish to go away also? And Simon Peter said, Lord, to whom can we go? You have the words of eternal life. It was was the test. It was just like Elijah saying to Elisha, just just stay here. Or or it was like, uh, just quit, Mayo. Are, are y'all going to go away too? Everybody else did. A good mentor will test you. And then a, a good mentor helps prepare you for the future. So when Elisha and Elijah get to the Jordan River, Elijah takes his mantle and he rolls it up and he smacks the water and the Jordan River parts and they walk across on dry ground. Wow, I wish I could have seen that, right? And then Elijah asked Elisha if there was anything he could do for him before he went up to heaven. And Elijah Elisha said, just give me a double portion of your spirit, please. He wasn't talking about the Holy Spirit. He was talking about that that inner character and motivation that made Elijah who he was and that he had been witnessing those six years he was Elijah's apprentice. He said, I want a double portion of whatever it is you have. And Elijah said, okay, well, if you see me, go up into heaven, then your prayer will be answered. And if not, it won't. And he got to see it. He got to see the chariot of fire come down and the horses of fire. I can't can't imagine what that must have been like. And then he saw saw Elijah caught up into heaven in a whirlwind. Uh, Oh, my gosh, what a a dramatic exit that must have been. Uh, But here's the question. Is he going to get that double portion? Is it going to work for him? Are all the things that he saw Elijah do over the years, is he going to get to now do that himself? In other words, did all of the things he learned those years, did they take? Only one way to find out. So he picks up the the mantle that Elijah had had and he puts it on and he goes down to the water. He takes that mantle off and he rolled it up and he smacked the water and the water parted. And as he was hitting the water, he said, where is the Lord, the God of Israel? And it was like God answered him and said, you know, I was with Elijah and I'm going to be with you too. So as Elisha uh, would go on to do the incredible things that he did in the prophet of Israel, all of the things we read about that Elisha did, it was amazing. But we have to remember the the only way he got to do that was because he had a mentor. He had his Elijah. Every Elisha needs an Elijah. So let me ask you something today. Who is your Elijah? Who is that person that you turn to or that group of people that you turn to? People who are a little bit farther along in their journey than you, that they can give you advice and they can help coach you, they can have that relationship with you as your mentor. Who is that person for you? And if you don't have someone like that in your life, would you be willing to to connect with someone in that way? This indispensable relationship. Here's another indispensable relationship. Every Elijah needs an Elisha. So we've been talking about walking in somebody else's footsteps, but we have to remember to look over our shoulder and realize that someone is walking in our footsteps too. I've spent a lot of time lately thinking about my Elijahs, the people who took time to coach me, to give me advice, to, to be there for me. One of my mentors uh, that I've been thinking a lot about lately is near to the point of death. He's a, a retired Methodist minister named Bob Gunn, and um, for the last two years he's suffered from dementia, and he's really, really gone downhill fast. His son called me the other night, and said, uh, and told me how his dad was doing. He said he's gotten, he's gotten really bad, and I think we're near the end, and he said uh, it was dad's request that you do his funeral, would you be willing to do that? And I said, of course, I'll do that. I'd be honored to do that. Um, And I remember uh, at at critical times in my ministry, um, he was there for me. One time, several years ago, I was serving a a three-point charge. And if you don't know what that means, then uh, ask him, Casey. He'll tell you what that's like. Uh, It's where I had three churches, and I had to juggle those Three churches around. I was a circuit rider, okay? Uh, But I was sent there, um, looking back on it, I was sent there with the impossible task of trying to get those three churches to merge together and become one church for for the future of of their church and for the good of the community. you, if you can imagine how difficult it would be, it would almost be like getting uh, Gadsden High and Emma Sampson and Litchfield to all come together and be one school. That'd be kind of hard, wouldn't it? Uh, but sometimes that's um, that's what you do for the future. So I, w- I, I got in there, and I just dove in, and I was working with the leaders of all those churches, and we had a leadership retreat, and we had a vision retreat, and we Looked at statistics and future and studies and all of these things, and we came up with a with a bold plan to try to do this. And we had one, it was on a fifth Sunday like today, and all three churches were going to be combined together in one big worship service. And I was going to preach, and I was going to cast this vision, and I was just really going to lay it on, and I was so nervous. I really hadn't been that nervous in a long time about preaching this sermon. And I, I emailed my sermon to Bob, and I said, Bob, this is, this is a really big Sunday for me, and I, I just want you to look at my sermon, see what you think about it, if there's something you would add, something you would take away, and um, he emailed this back to me, um, and it was such an encouragement that I printed it off, and I keep it in my Bible. I want to share with you just a little bit about what he said in response to this. He said, Dear friend, a brief note in response to your sermon is not adequate, but for now, Just a very strong affirmation of Sam Hayes. He said, this is a biblical sermon. It's a prophetic sermon, a pastoral heart sermon. It's filled with love and leadership and Christian grounding. It really shows the dear man that I know and love. It's gutsy, it's faithful, it's powerful, it's risky. And I say a resounding amen. And he goes on to say several more encouraging things. But I, I can't describe in words what it was like to have somebody that had been through as much as he'd been through to be there and to give me encouragement at a time when I needed it the most. And I'm thinking a lot about him uh, today. Where would I be, okay? Where would we all be if we hadn't had people to encourage us and to mentor us and to be our Elijah's? And so now, what I'm saying to myself, it's my turn. It's my turn to be a mentor. It's my turn to find my Elisha's. It's my turn to give encouragement and coaching and, and leadership. And it's your turn too. It really is. It's your turn too. And you might be be thinking to yourself, "Well, I, I'm just I'm just a young person now. Or uh, how can I be a mentor to somebody?" Well, I'll tell you what: if you're a teenager and you're in high school, uh, you can be a mentor to somebody in middle school. If you're in middle school, you can be a mentor to somebody in elementary school. It, it, we all can be, we all can be uh, Elijahs to our Elishas. If, if you're an experienced mother, uh, how, how much could you teach a young mother who's about to uh, have their first child? The same, same goes for, for dads. If you're an experienced dad, how, how much help could you be to a young father? One of the cool things that our, our church does, the ministries we're engaged in, is a, a, a mentoring program with Striplin Elementary School. Um, this past spring and then the fall before that for about 10 weeks in the fall and 10 weeks in the spring volunteers went to Striplin and mentored kids in the kindergarten and first grade classes each, each volunteer would have two kids that they would work with once a week for about 30 minutes they would work with them with flashcards and, and recognizing letters and words and basically um, just being a positive influence on those kids um, so does that sound like something that you like to do? I'm, I'm kind of promoting that because we're going to be doing that this fall and this spring too. with Do you think you could do that? Uh, what could that mean in the life of a child to, to have somebody like you to do that? And maybe if you couldn't do it every week, maybe you'd be a substitute. I don't know. Pray about that. And if God stirs your heart, then maybe that's how you can step in to be a mentor to somebody. These are indispensable relationships. We have to do it. We have to be mentors. And why do we have to do it? Uh, Because it's not going to be good if we fail the next generation by failing to be there for them. I'll give you a couple of examples in closing. Uh, Think about Joshua. We all know about Joshua. What a strong, courageous leader he was. He was mentored by Moses. That would be a pretty good mentor to have. Uh, So Joshua was mentored by Moses, and he, he was a strong warrior and led... Led uh, the Israelites into battle and they went into the promised land together, and it was was wonderful. He did wonderful, awesome things, but what he failed to do was he failed to find someone else to pass the baton on to behind him. You see, Moses passed the baton on (coughs) to Joshua, but Joshua didn't mentor anybody himself, and the result was. That Israel moved into the time of the Judges, which was one of the darkest times in Israel's history. And then one final example of why we have to be engaged in mentoring others and and be somebody's Elijah was just Elisha. You know, Elisha was mentored by Elijah. Elijah passed the baton on to Elisha. But Elisha, as many wonderful things as he did, didn't mentor anybody else to come behind him to be the next prophet of Israel. And what happened was, over a period of years, Israel slipped back into idol worship. And and in less than 100 years after Elisha died, things were so bad that God sent Assyria to invade Israel and they carried them off into captivity. That's what happens when we fail to pass along to the next generation, when we fail to be an Elijah to our Elisha. That's what can happen. You see, we're all on this journey together. We're all kind of like those elephants in that old African proverb I was talking about, those younger elephants, they need the older ones to help them make it across the river. And I want to ask you today, are you willing, are you willing to wade in and to be there for somebody like they were there for you? Let's pray. God, we say thank you in our hearts today as we remember those who were there for us, who pioneered the way, who mentored us, who showed us and led by example. We thank you so much, Lord, for the people who were there at the right time and the right place for us. And we ask, Lord, now that you would stir our hearts and help us to do for the next generation what was done for us, to help these generations behind us uh, in a way that we were helped. Oh, God, we ask that you would... Stir in our hearts the desire to do this and how important it is to pass that baton of faith along. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. And now, will you join me in singing?